Welcome to the Peavine Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Joel Sutherland. We take timeless biblical truth and help you to apply it in the context of your daily life. If you'd like to join us live at one of our campuses or stream one of our services online, go to peavine.org for times, locations, and more information. Thank you to our worship team. Great job this morning. Thank you for joining us, whether you're here at Rock Spring, you're watching online, our Dalton campus and our Rossville campus, wherever you are, we're thrilled you're here. And whatever campus you may be at, make sure you've got that white card in your hand that we're going to use sometime during this service. Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you have your Bibles this morning, it'll be on the screen if you were not, so you can follow along there. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I started this sermon series last week. I want you for the Lord's army. What is it God wants for us? Like we're going to break it down into the simplest rubber meets the road terms. What does God want for you? We, we learned last week that God wants you to take care of yourself, right? Be saved, baptized, and a member of a church. And man, what a fantastic Sunday that was. Uh, what was it? 23 people saved, 10 come for baptism, 24 people join our church. And I know last week for some of you, the Lord may have just sowed the seeds in your heart and mind about becoming a Christian or joining the church or being baptized, you can take care of that today as well as God speaking to your heart. But I want to move on to the next idea, how simply can we break down what the Lord wants for you. First of all, take care of yourself. Second of all, I want to preach this, take care of the church. What do you mean by take care of the church? Well, God has so orchestrated the church, designed the church that this is not my church, this is our church, right? All of us can say, my church. We have an obligation to the church of the living God. We have an opportunity uh, at the church. So I want to talk about that today. How many of you have heard, anybody tell what that is uh, when you're watching? Snow, that's actually, those are snowflakes up there. Most of us have heard that... Um, the old adage, no two snowflakes are alike. But back in 2007, new stories started to flourish that that old idea of two snowflakes not alike might not be true. That there possibly, there's so many snowflakes that it could be true. Could it, could it be that in any, any given winter or snow season, there are two snowflakes alike? Well, first of all, the first thing we have to do is look at how many snowflakes are we talking about every year? So each winter, the estimate is that there are this many snowflakes. Ready? More or less. 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 More? More or less? Last one right there. Exactly last one. You know, you know how big that number is? That is, I, I kept typing it in to try to figure it out. That is a trillion, trillion snowflakes fall from the sky. A trillion, trillion snowflakes every year fall from the sky. So if a Trillion, trillion snowflakes are falling every year. Can there be multiple snowflakes? Well, here's what research tells us, that snowflakes all have slightly different molecular 
structure. And if the molecular makeup of snow crystals varies greatly from one to another, that's going to bake in slight differences. Not only that, the unique and complex features of snow crystals are very much affected by the atmospheric conditions, sensitivity to temperature, and it will change in shape and design as it falls from the clouds because of the atmospheric conditions and the varying temperatures as it falls. So here's what scientists tell us, that it would be virtually impossible. So to figure out the math of could they be the same, you can't really count a trillion, trillion snowflakes every year. So they rely on cloud, <laughs> I didn't know these things, is it cloud physicists, crystallographers, and meteorologists to study snow crystals and universally, here's what they say. There are no two snowflakes alike. A trillion, trillion snowflakes every year. And there are no two snowflakes alike. So here's what we know. Every snowflake that falls to the ground is designed by God and unique in its structure. Every snowflake, every year that falls to the ground is designed by God and unique in its structure. By the way, just like you. You say, well, how can God know that? Can God really know that of a trillion, trillion snowflakes, do he, does he have time to design every one? Yes, he does. He creates every snowflake that falls to the ground. And listen, if you think that's something, the Bible tells us he has every hair on every head numbered. The average person has 100,000 hairs on their head. Obviously, some less and some more. But if the average person has 100,000 hairs on their head times 7 billion, that is 700 trillion hairs on earth right now. And God has them all numbered. I mean, somewhere up in heaven, God's talking to an angel. You remember when hair 587 fell out of Joel's head? Wasn't that funny when that happened that way? Like he has every hair numbered. And here's the interesting thing. If God can know the hairs on our head, if God can uniquely make trillions and trillions of snowflakes every year, hear me, he has no problem uniquely designing you as well. As a matter of fact, Psalm tells us this. Psalm 139 says, for it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I've been remarkably and wondrously made. Your works are wondrous and I know this very well. You have been remarkably and wondrously made remarkably and wondrously made just like a snowflake God has made each of us unique before we're even born and get this he does it again after you're born again so even at our physical birth we are a unique creation but then again at our spiritual birth we again become a unique creation because now we have the uniqueness of our physical birth now we have the uniqueness of our spiritual birth combined together makes us even that much more special now hear this that uniqueness at your spiritual birth when you are saved god gives each of gifts each of us so that we can serve the kingdom but more specifically God has gifted you so you can serve the church. 
Now you say, I know, preacher, God has called me to serve the church universal. No, he has not. God has called you to serve the church local. It always begins there. You have been made by God to do something very specific at Peavine that no one else can do in the way that no one else can do it. And Paul told us that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Would you stand with me as we honor God's word by reading it? I'm going to try to get by with reading the entire chapter. It's fairly short uh, verses, and uh, we'll see if I can get by with it. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 1, Paul said, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you used to be enticed and led astray by mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. Now there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. There are different activities, but the same God produces each gift in each person. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by one, the, the one Spirit. To another, performing of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. One and the same Spirit is active in all these, distributing each person as he wills. For just as, one, just as the body is one, as many parts, and all the parts of the body... Though many are one body, so also is Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free. We're all given one spirit to drink. Indeed, the body is not one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. It's not for that reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. It is not for that reason any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. And if they were all the same part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Or again, the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that are weaker are indispensable. And the parts of the body that we consider less honorable, we clothe these with great honor. And our unrespectable parts are treated with great respect which our respectable parts do not need. Instead, God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the less honorable so that there would be no division in the body, but that the members would have the same concern for each other. So if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you're the body of Christ and individual members of it. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, Next, miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administration, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers? Do all do miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in other tongues? Do all interpret? But desire the greater gifts, and I will show you an even better way. And then he launches in the chapter on love. Thank you. You may be seated. Now get this this morning. Paul is writing to a church that is messed up I mean messed up with the capital messed up on it they are an absolute disaster but then he, he he's trying to get them back because he's going to put them on a different path because the church he's speaking to everybody wants to be in charge everybody wants to be the greatest everybody wants to get their way and, but what Paul is saying to them what I want you to do is I need everybody to stop all that and I need you to start finding your new uniqueness and use your uniqueness 
for the glory of God. Now hear me this morning, that is a plan for every person who is here who is a child of God today. You have a part in the plan of God for Pevine and for the kingdom. And let me be specific. The gifts of God are given to you primarily, number one, for you to operate in your local church. That's why I have no respect for somebody who's a Christian who's not involved in their local church but would serve the kingdom elsewhere. Why? Paul is very specific. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are given first to the body of Christ in the local church. That's the whole point of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that your giftedness should first be lived out in your local church. And then secondly, the giftedness can be lived out in the larger kingdom of God beyond that. But you can't do the second until you do the first. I don't have time to get in all this, but he says it in first Ephesians chapter four, where he's talking about spiritual gifts again. Then he said, he's talking about pastors and evangelists and teachers in Ephesians four. And he says, why do you have those? They are to equip the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ. And when Paul's talking about the body of Christ, he's talking about the body of Christ at Ephesus or the Ephesians church or the local church. Just like a snowflake has this uniqueness to it, you've been designed uniquely by God to help out the local body of believers. And that's what 1 Corinthians 12 is telling us. So hear me this morning. Everybody here, whether you're at Rock Spring, whether you're at Dalton, whether you're at Rossville, whether you're watching online, every person here. As a matter of fact, if you're an online uh, uh, attender today, we're going to show you how Pastor Jeremy is at the end of the service. He's going to talk to you specifically about how you can use your gift in this, even though you may not live in this area. But if you live in this area, if you attend one of our campuses, hear me, you have been designed by God to get busy for the church of God the way he has uniquely created you to be used in the church of God. So what I want to do today is tell you four things about taking care of the church. Let me make four statements about that quickly this morning. First of all, I want you to know this. Everybody has something to do. Everybody has something to do. Now, when you look at a church, you see the stage. You have a tendency to think there's nothing here for you to do, right? You might be out here, you're like me. I can't play an instrument. I, I can't sing. Uh, you, I, I can't help with all that stuff before, but all I do is raise a hand, right? But God has not called me to do that. I wish he would. If I could sing and, and had the voice to sing, I'd buy a bus, I'd hit the road, and I'd have fun. Like that, I feel like singing was what I want to do when I get to heaven. I'm going to push old ladies down to get in the choir when I get to heaven. I want to sing when I get in heaven. Right? But I'm not being gifted to do that. You might be saying, well, I, I'm not being gifted to sing, play, preach. Now, that may be you, and if it is, we need you. But you, you may be thinking, well, if I can't do something on the stage, what am I supposed to do? And then some of you think when you see a large church like ours, you start thinking you can't help. What could I help them do? Or we don't need the help. <laughs> so let me dispel some of those. First of all, if you're here, you're saved, you're a member, God has designed you. I'll talk about it in a minute. God, you are plugged in here just so you can be part of what we're doing. But all of that, we need you desperately. The bigger a church gets doesn't mean we need less people helping. The bigger a church gets means we need more people helping. It takes us 300 volunteers to operate on Sunday mornings alone. And everybody has something to do. Look at what Paul said. 
Let me go back and let me just put it on the screen so we can read it together. He said in, in chapter 4, uh, uh, excuse me, verse 4, 5, 6, and 7. Now there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God works all of them in each person. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. Here, here's what Paul is saying. He said, you've been given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good of the church. For the common good of the church. God has designed each of us differently to be used. That, that word different, you see it there all throughout that passage. That word different there means divide and distribute or variety. That God has given a variety of gifts. The word gifts there in the Greek is the word charisma in the Greek. It's where we get our word charismatic and charisma from. It is a gift of grace, a favor. It is a special gift of God given to you. The word ministries is where we get our word deacon from. It means ministering in general. So God has given that out. The word activities, I love this. The word activities is the Greek word energema. It is where we get our word energy from. I love that so much. Because some people have more energy than others. Can I get an amen right there? Right? You, you, some of, I mean, just true. Some of you, energy is dependent upon your physical health. Energy is dependent on your state in life. I, I mean, you're 30 years old with three kids at home not sleeping through the night. You have limited energy at this point in your life right? You get to be an, uh, 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 older in years and you might have limited energy, but here's what the Bible says, that we've all been given various gifts, favor to serve God, that we can variously serve the church with various energies in the church. So in other words, God has put us all here together. He has gifted every one of us with, with uh, gifts and ministries and energies. Why? So we all may serve. I love this phrase so much. I love it so much. We may all serve for the common good of Pevine. The common good of Pevine. We all, have, we all have different gifts, we all, all have different ministries, we all have different energies that have been given to us by God for the benefit of all, for the common good of Pevine. Why do we serve? Why do we, why do we put our energy into this? Why do we put our activity into this? Why do we put our gifting into this? I'll tell you why. It is for the common good of Pevine because we're trying to reach Pevine City with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the only way we can do that is if we all pull together for the common good of what God has called us to do. So no matter who you are, what your background how long you've been here, what your talents or abilities are, or you have or don't have. God has placed you here at Pevine for his glory, his kingdom, and his church. And we've all, all been gifted uniquely. You know, people aren't very creative sometimes, especially when it comes to online passwords. We tend to reuse, overuse, and choose simplicity over safety. We know that because NordPass Security just released its list of most common passwords they find in data breaches and how long it takes somebody to crack your password, crack the code. 
the number one most common password they find is the word password. No number, no capitalization. Do you know how long it takes to crack that password? Less than one second. Second most common password, one, two, three, four, five, six. Less than one second. Number three thinks they're brilliant. How long does it take? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Less than one second. And then this one surprised me. The fourth most common is guest. Takes 10 seconds. QWERTY. One through eight. Six ones. One, two, three, four, five. I mean, we're not very, we're not very, um, you know, uh, creative. That's the word I'm looking for. Creative. It comes to passwords. Here's what they said. People choose passwords based on what's easy. For example, QWERTY, which is the, uh, you know, keyboard, uh, name of the keyboard. What they like, movies, sports, food, fashion brands, artists, etc. What's popular at the time or in general. Also, they like using first names and swear words as passwords. I left some of them off because there were a lot of swear words on the top 20 that I, I didn't put up there. Here's what we know. People have absolutely no creativity when it comes to your password. But God is different. And the Holy Spirit takes the creativity of an almighty God. And when he's handing out differences of gifts, differences of activities, differences of energy to get the work done for the Lord. He has given everybody something to do for the kingdom of God and the church of God. And the Holy Spirit takes your unique passions, your unique abilities, your unique experiences, and then combines that with a spiritual gifts that, a gift or gifts that enables you to serve the Lord in the church. We see those, that list. There's, there's a bunch of places we can go to to look for these lists, but it's the gift of wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, teaching, exhortation, or encouragement, giving, administration, leadership, and mercy. Now, now some of those need some explanation, which I'm not going to do any of that today. Some of those don't mean what you think they mean or don't mean what you think they mean today. But here's what I'm saying. These are the spiritual gifts that Paul talks about God handing out. This may not be the only ones. But, for example, if you look at the gift of leadership, which mentions a couple times in the Bible— that can be fleshed out in a multiplicity of ways in the church. There are all kinds of ministries you can lead. Combined with, your, combined with your experiences, combined with your passion, God will gift you this and then overlay this on top of how he's already uniquely created you. And we find out that every child of God has something to do when it comes to serving the local church. I can't get into all those, but here's what you need to know. You were made by serving for serving God and you should be serving God and you're in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 somewhere. The question you have to ask yourself this morning is are you operating in the giftedness that the Holy Spirit gave you? You'll never feel right in the Christian life as long as you take that giftedness and sit on it, as long as you take that giftedness and extinguish it, as long as you take that giftedness and suppress it, as long as you take that giftedness and spend giftedness and spend it somewhere else or spend that energy somewhere else. Did you know that God gives you energies just for serving the church? You say, well, I'm tired all the time. I get it. I get it. 
but you'll have special energy just for serving the church. The best you may feel is on Sundays when you're exercising your spiritual gift, your passions, and serving the church as God gives you supernatural energy to pull that off. Everybody has something to do. You have something to do for the Lord. Second thing Paul, point, Paul makes I want to point out is, number two, what you do matters. Sometimes you think what you do doesn't matter, but you could not be more wrong. I love this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18. But as it is, God has arranged. Say this word with me. But as it is, who? God has arranged. Each one of the parts of the body just as he wanted. Who arranged the body of Christ? Who did? God did. It's not the pastor. It's not Pastor Jeremy, our connections pastor. It is God. God has placed the parts of the body, uh, the church, just as he wanted them to be. I love this word. The Greek word arrange there means to place or to set. It is often translated as to lay in the New Testament. It is a common word that is used in a variety of contexts, including, get this, the physical placement of the foundation of a building. So it is God who is laying the foundation of Peavine Baptist Church with you and me. The placement is intentional and the placement is purposeful. And like a builder meticulously builds a house or a building, so God meticulously builds each and every church. Does what you do matter? Yes, what you do matters. Because God has placed you here for that very purpose. And if you aren't doing it, the church, this church, won't accomplish all it can for the glory of God. And there'll always be something missing if you aren't doing your part. If you're a parent, there's nothing more frustrating than putting together kids' toys. Can I get an amen right there, dads? Nothing. They, aver- they, lo- they love to advertise these toys as snap-together toys. And they snap together. They fail to mention the thousand screws and the engineering degree that goes along with needed. Uh, I mean, some of them really need to say, tools needed, engineering degree on the toy. We literally, we, we put together Christmas toys the day before the grandkids came over to our house. I thought I'd left that behind uh, when the kids, my kids were grown, but we, we didn't. We, I was putting them together for, my wife told me the day before, it was the day before Christmas Eve, my wife said, we got to put toys together today. I'm like, great, no problem. How hard can it be? And oh my word, it was hours and hours and hours. This literally happened. This literally happened. I opened up a box, looked at her and said, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. We're taking this gift back. Literally. I boxed it back up and we took it back to Amazon. There's no way I'm putting this thing together. I'm just not doing it. I'm, I'm past this age in life where I have to stay up to four in the morning putting gifts together. We're putting it back in the box and we're sending it back. And I said, hey, before you buy stuff that needs to be put together, get with me first. Why? It's just not my giftedness. My giftedness is not snapping kids' toys together. As a matter of fact, my kids, uh, always every Christmas present they ever had, always leaned or wobbled just a little bit. (laughs) 
right? It never, it never worked right. You, you know why it never worked right? Because I never got it right. That's why. My kids, when they were little, had this little tricycle that, you know, like plastic Tonka or whatever it may be, I don't know who, you know, that, that thing wobbled like it was going to fall apart at any moment. You know why? I got to the end and the screw was missing. Now, when I say it's missing, I don't know if I put it where it shouldn't go. I don't know if I, if, if I didn't, uh, if it didn't come. I don't know what happened. They just rode a wobbly tricycle all their toddler years. I mean, it was a dangerous piece of equipment. All because of what? One missing part. And you know what you know about kids' toys? It may have a thousand screws in it. It may have tons of parts. But can I tell you this? Every piece matters. Or something's going to be wobbly or lean or not work correctly. You know, that's true for P-Vine as well. Every piece matters. Every person matters. God has set you here for a purpose, and whatever that purpose is matters. And you may not think that you, may, that you have some kind of amazing gift from God. You may not think you have, have a stage gift from God. That's fine. That's fine. Too many people want the stage anyway. What, what God has placed so many people in the church to do is to be the foundation of the church, the backbone of the church. And you may never get on the stage, but hear me, what you do matters for Piva. Everybody's got something to do and what you do matters. Third thing I want to say is this. No one or nothing is too small. So it goes hand in hand, and and I'll I'll hit this quickly. Some people start thinking that though they may be gifted, what does it really matter? My gifting is too small. My gifting wouldn't work in a big church. I don't don't know enough about the Bible to serve. Now hear this about spirit. This is not a sermon on spiritual gifts, but know this. Just because you're gifted by God does not make you an expert at something. The gifting gives you the ability to do and develop what God has called you to do. No matter how small you think it is, it matters for the kingdom. Just because you've been gifted and have a passion doesn't mean you don't need training. Doesn't mean you don't need experience. But here's what happens. We have this giftedness. Maybe to, we feel a passion for working with kids and we can use the gift of ministry or pastoring for working with kids and, and preschoolers. And we think, well, what does that really matter? Does it matter? Yes, it matters. Yes. Every time we interact with somebody, it matters. And you're here this morning, you're thinking, preacher, whatever I do, it doesn't matter. And you think that maybe your gifting is irrelevant, but it's not, it matters. And you matter. We're we're getting this close to the Super Bowl. One of the amazing stories this year about the playoffs is the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. His name is Brock Purdy. The reason Brock Purdy is such a fascinating story is because he was Mr. Irrelevant in 2022. What is Mr. Irrelevant? It's the very last player chosen in the draft. And so he's had the title Mr. Irrelevant forever. But the quarterback in front of him got hurt. He was the third string. The next quarterback got hurt. Brock Purdy has started seven games. If I'm not mistaken, he's won every game so far. And today he's going to be playing in another game and he has a chance to win. The 49ers are 13-4 and four, and they've already won their first playoff game all with 
Mr. Irrelevant as their quarterback. Now, can I tell you how, how unlikely it is that he would be the starting quarterback for a, a playoff team? Uh, I did the research and looked at this. Depending on where you're drafted, your chances begin to fall uh, that you would make it onto an NFL roster. For example, 75% of first-round draft picks make an NFL roster. 50% of second round, so huge drop. 40% of third round. 30% of fourth round. 25% of fifth round. 20% of sixth. And look at this, seventh round. Seventh round. Seventh round. Only 15% of the people who were drafted in the seventh round make the NFL roster. That includes the seventh round and the first pick and the seventh round and the last pick. But the seventh round and the last pick is called Mr. Irrelevant. Now, guys, I'll let you go through the photos when I call the names up uh, in the room. I want you to see these people. Did you know when I looked it up, several Mr. Irrelevants have actually made a Pro Bowl? For example, Ron Suckup, who was the Two, 2009, selected by the Kansas City Chiefs as the last player picked in the draft. He was a kicker. He made it to 2017 Pro Bowl as a member of the Tennessee Titans. He was the first Mr. Irrelevant recipient to be named um, uh, to the Pro Bowl uh, this century. Then there was Dave Meggett, 1989, selected by the New York Giants in not, as Mr. Irrelevant, went to the Pro Bowl three times during his career. There was Jim Finn, selected 1999 by the Chicago Bears as Mr. Irrelevant, made it to the 2007 Pro Bowls, a member of the New York Giants. And finally, there was Jeff George, who was selected by the Indianapolis Colts as Mr. Irrelevant, 1990. He did not make it to a Pro Bowl during the career, but he was named to the NFL All-Rookie Team in 1990, led the Colts to the AFC Championship game in 1995, set NFL records, including the record for most passing yards in a single game and for the most patching touchdowns in a single game, all being Mr. Irrelevant. Here's why I tell you about Mr. Irrelevant. They took the label as Mr. Irrelevant, but yet they did something with it. And they all made a difference. Hear me. You may think I'm Mr. or Mrs. Irrelevant this morning. But you've been gifted by God. And no task is too small. No soul is worth losing. And no Christian shouldn't be serving. There is no Mr. Irrelevant in the church. No job is too small. No Christian is too small. We've all been placed here by God exactly where he wants us to be. He arranged us. Fourth thing and I'm finished. I'm done. Number four, here's what Paul would tell you, that if you don't do it, it won't get done. Do what? If you don't do what you've been called to do, it will not get done. Now, there's a saying passed around in church circles that goes a little bit like this. I know if God wants it done, preacher, he'll get it done whether I do it or not. I'm pretty sure that phrase was invented by hell itself. Because you know nowhere in Scripture does God say that. What God says in Scripture is that he has gifted you and uniquely made you so you can serve specifically what God has called you to do in the church. So if I understand my Bible correctly, this sentence is not true because if you don't do what God has called you to do, then it probably will not get done or it will not get done correctly. 
what's the point of calling you otherwise? What's the point of gifting you otherwise? If you don't do what God has called you to do in the church, here's what I'd say, two things. Number one, it won't get done. Or number two, it'll get done by someone who isn't gifted to do it, and it won't be all God meant for it to be. That is, that is absolutely good preaching right there. If you don't do it, it won't get done, or it'll get done by someone who isn't gifted to do it, and it won't be all God meant for it to be. Stand with me. Close your Bibles and stand with me. I had two girls, Svan and Michaela. And uh, I didn't know anything about babies in general, just nothing. But I'm a quick learner. I wanted to help. I changed diapers. I, I fixed food. I put clothes together. I did everything my wife needed me. I, I had to be told what to do, but I did it. I, di- I didn't let her, I didn't sit down and let her do anything. I, I helped. And so I could, I could, I could do whatever. I could feed our girls. I could, I could pack their lunch. I could uh, get their clothes ready give them a bath, put them to bed. I do it all. I do it all. Nothing she, she, you know, like that she could do, I couldn't do. I I just decided I was going to help and do as much as I can. Except, except. Every now and then there was a small occasion where my girls would wear uh, a ponytail to school or church. And I, I don't know if you feel this way or not, but a ponytail is basically a Rubik's Cube on a girl's head. Like it, it, it looks simple, but I kid you not. Run joke at our house when my wife was. Joel did the ponytail, didn't he? Girls, daddy do your ponytail? Yeah, daddy did her ponytail. How did she tell? Well, it was over here. That's how she could tell. It was over here. Or the rubber band was falling down. The fact. Now, look, if Sherry was indisposed out of town... Or otherwise occupied, could daddy do the ponytail? Yes. Daddy could do the ponytail and send him off to school. But could you tell it wasn't done by the one who was supposed to do it? Yes, you could. Oh, it got done. But everybody at school, my girls never told me this. I know it happened. My little girl's walking to second grade, and I know, I know, I know. This little second grade girl looked at him and said, your daddy did your ponytail this morning, didn't he? Like, yeah, he did. He did. Can you redo it for me? You know, I'm sure there were teachers who felt sorry for my girls when I, the few times I had to do it. Why? Because I could do it. It just wasn't going to get done the way it needed to get done. And the fact is, whatever God has called you to do, we, we can get it done, but it won't be done the way it should be done. If, if we can even get to it, if we can even get to it, chances are it's going to be left undone. Ch- chances are, can I tell you this? If God's given you the gift of hospitality and you want to work in our greeter meeting, can I, can I promise you this? There's going to be somebody walk through the front door of this church one day that God has so designed the interaction be, to be between you and them and their salvation depends on it. And if you don't do it, will they get greeted? Yes. But will it be the one God designed to greet them on that day? No. It won't be the same. 
So God wants you to do what he's gifted and called you to do here at Peavine. So here's what I want you to do this morning. Would you take that white card we passed out earlier? Get that card in your hand. Get a, get a, get a pencil in your hand. Now, now, while you're doing that, let me say some things. If you want to join our church this morning, this is true if you're at a campus at your Rossville, Dalton, Dalton, Dalton and Rossville, you, you get that white card in your hand, a pen or pencil in your hand uh, right now as well. At all of our campuses, if you want to join the church, be baptized, or become a Christian. There may be some of you, the Holy Spirit of God's been working on your heart since last Sunday or the Sunday before last, and you need to be saved today. Here's what's going to happen. Our pastors are going to be at the Next Step stations after this invitation. So I want you to hang around. They'll be here for about five minutes after the service at all of our campuses. They'll hang there. Uh, pastors, you go ahead and come up no matter what campus you're at, but you just hang there for a minute uh, if you need to, and uh, they'll be here after the service because we're going to do something else during the service. I want you to take that card, and here's what I want you to do. If you're already serving in the church, I want you to check it on that card. Just check where you serve in the church. If you're not serving in the church, here's what I'm going to ask you to do this morning. I'm going to pray in just a moment and sometime during this prayer, I want you to do this. I want you to check the places on that card where you feel like God has called and gifted you to serve. That's it. We're going to be in contact later. We're not going to plug you in. We're not going to call you tomorrow and tell you to come play the guitar tomorrow. We're not going to ask you that. But maybe play an instrument. Write, check it and write it on there. Sing. Like, we just put as many things as we could on there to help us operate. And look, we want you to go through C4. There's going to be training involved. Hey, listen, just baby step. First step. First step. So if you're Ross or Dalton, Rock Spring. Now, if you're online, Jeremy's got a word for you right now and he's going to tell you what to do. Thank you, Pastor Joel, for that great message. And our challenge today is this. Get plugged in. Get connected. Serve. What needs to be done for the kingdom can't happen without you. And so our call for response this morning is if you want to get involved, if you want to get plugged in serving, if you would, text one team, the number one and the word team all together, one team to 97,000. And um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to send you a link with an option for different areas where you can serve. Hey, it has been fantastic uh, to be together worshiping this morning. I look forward to our times together each week. God bless you. Have a great week. We hope that you've enjoyed the message this week as we help equip you to apply God's Word to your daily life. For the latest updates about what's happening around Peavine City, be sure to connect with us on social media. For more information about Peavine, to get in touch with us or check out one of our services, visit us at peavine.org. Thanks for listening. <laughs>